You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey guys, we've got a great show for you today. We've got Amanda McQueen. She is awesome. You're going to love her. Uh, she is a stand-up comedian in the Montreal scene, a comedy writer, and also improv. We talked to her a little bit about growing up in Scarborough, her roots in improv, and how that relates to comedy, uh, her favorite comics, uh, reality shows, and a bit of what makes her tick. Amanda has an improv group called uh, Dominant Wolf. And uh, in addition, has a web series coming out in uh, late November, early December, called Delivery with Kirsten Finch. We'll be sure to keep you posted on that. This episode comes out on September 5th, which means you have exactly one week to get your shit together and go and see Ladyfest, which features some of the strongest female comics in Montreal. And that's happening between September 12th and 18th. Uh, Amanda will be, of course... Part of that lineup on Monday the 12th she'll be at Blue Dog with a great lineup Thursday uh, she'll, Dominant Wolf will be at Théâtre Sainte-Catherine and Joketown happens on Saturday the 11th also at Théâtre Sainte-Catherine so be sure to go and check out those shows we know that we will and we'll see you there Fire in the Hole Comedy is masculine you're out there and you've got to be in charge I'm a lion tamer. Snap, 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 snap. Now we can all be friends, because you know I'm in charge. Richard is a good particular lesson. <laughs> it's super funny with Richard because he almost managed in every single job that he's ever had. He's always right. he naturally becomes a, like a leader or a manager or whatever. So at some point, if you worked in a call center at that period, you may have been under his regime, right? <laughs> right. <And> yeah. <laughs> it, it is totally not unexpected to sit in a cafe or some in some really like super edgy person some 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 super crazy looking person will just be like richard from across the street and we'll just like hey remember me it's me jojo remember and richard's like yeah sure great and he's oh, like with jojo. his parents or whatever he's like hey jojo yeah. how you been oh you know you know Not good hustling so what are you doing you know, you know, because uh, you know, I like working with you. <laughs> like they're trying to figure out if Richard's got a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I became like the crazy whisperer after a period of time. Yeah, at a call why. center, you have to be. Yeah, people are gonna get all edged out once in a while, and you gotta go talk him down. I yeah, got exactly. edged out. He had the, he yeah. has the gift though. I don't. I mm-hmm. I I took over his job when he left okay. that office, and like week one i was like how does he do this yeah <laughs> it was just tribulations like every day man. just people with these stories man yeah just craziness 
Yeah. So people it, coming in 20 minutes late, breaking down and crying, not even telling me why, just uh, at wow. my desk. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow you just like, you were totally mellow and handled this stuff. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep your zen. And yeah. Oftentimes you just want to be listened to. So it's kind of like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know? <laughs> right. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. As I multitask here. But I'm also listening. I yeah, swear. that's true. Eh? Yeah. You would be like filling out reports. We are like, oh, yeah, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how uh, <laughs> how that must be like. Yeah. Anyway, I need you back on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> the stock response. Did you enjoy that? Do you enjoy helping everybody out? Is yeah, that why you yeah, gravitate was, towards I, yeah. I was okay with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it fell with my personality type, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think I have a little bit of a maternal kind of right. yeah, instinct. Yeah. yeah. But... I don't, yeah, there's something about the crazies now. It, it's just, it's permanent. Like, I'll walk down the street, and there'll be some guy who's, like, walking around, like, twitching, and like, ah, 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 more than seven, more than seven. And then he'll come with, like, within eyeshot of me, and he'll just, he'll, he'll or, or she will stop for a moment and just give me, like, a little head nod, and then continue off, like, rambling into the night. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it happen. Like, wow. it's weird. They, they're out of their mind, and then the second they see Richard, they, like, break character. That's and pretty cool. They kind of nod to him, yeah. and then they go back yeah. to like screaming. <laughs> it's almost like they feel some kinship. I don't know, some understanding coming from you. Yeah, I don't something. know if they recognize me as one of their own. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you were, you know, like you were just that type. That I have a little bit that personality too. That uh, I attract complainers. Hmm. Oh, like every in everybody's business. Everybody tells like they their come secrets. to you. You know, you don't really solicit it. Right. They're yeah. Just yeah. like after a little while of knowing you they're just like immediately the personal stuff just and you're just yeah. like oh okay yeah and my fifth abortion you're like oh jesus i gotta get out of here <laughs> you're like i blacked out i didn't hear about the first four <laughs> i didn't even hear the first four yeah, yeah. Uh, so amanda uh welcome yeah. to the show thank you for having me welcome um we're really glad we were able to to rope you in um uh, thanks to habib shout out to habib uh, mr h dot s dot uh for making the connect yeah um, so you're a, did you say Scarborough? I am from Scarborough, You're a Scarborough yeah. native? Yeah. Would you consider yeah. yourself as such? Yeah, I lived there until I was like 16. Okay. And then we moved to the east end of Toronto, the beaches. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was there for like a couple years, and then I moved here for school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about Scarborough. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a big empty field. In some ways, there's some some sketchy parts and some okay parts, and then there are some really fancy parts, which I wasn't in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like it, an agrarian. There's some fields. Is that what it is? There's no, farms, it's or? just a just a bunch of parks. It's just a bunch <laughs> just, of parks. Okay. Yeah, it's just a bunch of parks. That's all Scarborough is. <laughs> okay, it's essentially a suburb. It's of? a suburb. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of like a lot of pictures of me as a kid, either on a friend's skateboard or like leaning against a mailbox. Not a lot going on. I always envy those pictures. <laughs> Do you? Well, that's a, it's that that life, just having that childhood. It's yeah, like a, it's like an eighties movie. The childhood. simplicity of it. Yeah, <laughs> going to the corner store, getting a blow pop. There you go. Yeah, yeah, getting zip uh, sack, zip sacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever it was, whatever leaning on mailboxes, sugar thing it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, were you a quiet kid? Were you? Uh, delinquent what was the what was the I was stuff? really 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 good yeah. I really wanted to be good so I was really well behaved if uh if we were out hanging out when I was like nine if we were out hanging out and everybody wanted to like go to the movie store and we didn't tell our parents I'd start crying like I was that kid I really wanted to play by the rules mm. but I wasn't quiet I was pretty annoying 
pretty hyper. <laughs> you had shit to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Acting out a lot, but at the same time, I was really into rules, and I wanted to be like good at school and good mm. for my mom. And did everything. you manage in school, like to to hold it together? Were you were you okay? Yeah, yeah, but it was really important to me. Oh, <laughs> like I remember being a stressed out kid too. Like I had like the hardest shoulders and neck for a little kid that I I imagine has ever existed. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like really worried. Where did this pressure come from? It was just it was just like you I had don't this know. mission. I think just like too much, too much energy or something. I don't know. I just decided I was going to be like really, really smashing those tests. Hmm. You want those gold stars? Yeah, one of those gold stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds very uh, like that's impressive for someone at that age to be that determined to. Or you're just confused. And that's like Mm. a form of confusion. Yeah, I feel like you should be like rolling around in the dirt, not worrying about you know. Maybe. Well, my my old my eldest son just started first grade this week. Oh, cool! And uh, day three, he's in trouble, you know. Yeah. I, and we kind of knew it would be. He's uh, he's just like uh, he can't sit still. Yeah. He cannot sit still, and it's not a weird. It's not H D A whatever D D H D H D A. They keep adding letters to that, don't they? A H H whatever. <laughs> it's not one of those conditions. At least I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But he just has a tremendous physical need to move constantly. Yeah. And when I'm talking to him, when I give him one of those like, hey, son, right, hang on a second. I need to talk yeah, to you about yeah, some yeah. shit. Every second that this conversation lasts, I can see he's in his face. He's just like, I, he's gotta, I need to jump. I need to move. <laughs> I need to climb something. I need to mm-hmm. dance. I need to do something. That used to be called ants in your pants. Yeah. Not anymore. That's a clinical condition. Right. <laughs> that needs to be medicated. Ants in your pants. Yeah. Itis. <laughs> yeah. Syndrome. Ants in the pants syndrome. Mm. Uh, okay. So you were kind of, uh, you had a mission. Yeah. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I was very, I was very focused. I wanted accomplishments. Okay. And yeah. When did you get, when did you come out to Montreal first? I came out, I was like 18. I came out for school. I went to McGill for a couple years, then mm-hmm. I switched to Concordia. Uh, but I wanted to study theater in a city I hadn't been to yet. Montreal okay. seemed exciting. The French didn't freak you out or anything? You were, you no, were... no. People I talked to were so relaxed mm-hmm. about it, and I was like, oh, it's fine. Okay. I'll learn. Yeah. yeah. And did you? Do you, you speak some Yeah, French? I picked up a fair bit. My girlfriend's family is uh, first language French, as well as her. Um, so I've picked up quite a bit at this point. With her parents, I only speak French, so... I guess that's a good measure of being yeah, I mean, competent that's enough. A, that's a really good uh, resource to have, yeah. you know, just to have someone to talk to. That, yeah, that's all yeah, it yeah. takes, really. Um, so theater, from the get-go, you kind of had that path set out, like you wanted to do theater? Yeah, for a while. I think from the time I was like, oof, like maybe 15, I wanted to do like acting, dance, performance of some kind. And then once... Was it in your family or... No, no, I I don't really know where the draw came from. It was just sort of something fun, I guess. Um, But then after doing it in university, I kind of wasn't as excited about the acting thing anymore. What happened? Just change of mind or did something happen? Yeah, I think I think I saw a squirrel called improv. Okay. And I was like, this comedy thing is really interesting, and it's and you can write as well as perform, and so you can have sort of an agency in what you're going to be asked to do, and you can look any way or be any way and still play all kinds of people. And so the improv hmm. bug, like, bit you? Yeah, it bit part. me right after I graduated, and then I sort of left for that, and then that led to stand-up and stuff. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, that, that's interesting. I want to figure out how, where you made that transition. But yeah. I mean, in a sense, improv is largely comedy, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's heavily dependent on it. Yeah, it's Although absolutely the, comedy. Yeah. There seems to be some disdain though between improv and stand-up there can right? be for it's sure like clowns versus mimes yeah kind of yeah really? yeah Is clowns there? versus <laughs> mimes so in like a 50s uh uh sort of uh, gang street gang kind yeah. of way yeah they meet in the alley and like <laughs> <laughs> an amazing movie an amazing that's movie. great that's great clowns versus mimes i like that yeah, yeah. should have made that film yeah there's still time there's still time um it would be the movie like the tagline would have to be like the movie that you're guaranteed to hate <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have to be the tagline you will you will love nothing about this film exactly. come on in <laughs> And then just make it super violent and gory, right? Yeah, uh, and hysterical. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it would have to be. So, how long did you do uh, the improv thing? Uh, now I've been doing it. I, th- I think I think six years, five or six years, something like that. You're in a league of some type. Uh, I'm uh, right now. I am at Montreal Improv. I'm teaching, and I'm a featured player, but I'm not in any sort of troupe or or. Uh, well, I do improvise with someone from Toronto. Still, we're in a duo called Dominant Wolf. Dominant Wolf. Cassie Baratus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what type? It's a it's a show. Yeah, we do we do sketch and we do improv. So okay. as far as improv, we kind of just uh, would do like a montage, like half an hour of just a bunch of improvised scenes. And then our sketch stuff is sort of abstract, silly stuff. So the, when you say improvised scenes, you're like, you kind of go into it and then people yeah. sort of catch on what you're doing. Like you're doing a... Uh, I don't know, like a soap opera breakup scene. Yeah, yeah, for you're sure. Doing a like military commander, yeah, cliche, 80s cliched scene, that type of thing. Yeah, and, and like for stuff like that, the the trick and something you learn right away when you study improv is to have something called platform, which is when you start off, it's a who, what, where, mm-hmm. and you teach it so that people can kind of give that to each other. Like we're two grandfathers, we're playing golf on a golf course, and it's nighttime. Go, <laughs> yeah, go, and then you get that out within the first two or three lines if you can. But then, what that also does for the audience is what you just said. It puts them in the place where they need to be because they've had no pretext for the scene. Yeah, mm. at all. I mean, I, I guess as far as movies, comedy, improv, theater, mm-hmm. those are all largely dependent to a certain degree on cliches, right? Yeah. Because, or, or yeah. I don't know if what you want to call them. I guess just concepts that are instantly familiar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, one show that I feel it kind of dances between improv and and comedy mm-hmm. uh, is the uh, the IT crowd. I don't yeah. Know if you're Very fond of that show. Really good show. Uh, apparently, there's more episodes coming. Oh yeah. Mm. Which I don't know if they got back together or Netflix had never released the full. Anyway, I feel like it's easily one of the most brilliant shows ever. And right. They've got the witty repartee comedy bit, like, where'd you put my socks kind of bits. But then sometimes they will transform a scene into something that looks very much like improv. Right. So the scene I was thinking of is, um, you know the characters a little bit? Yeah, yeah, roughly. So there's yeah, there's yeah. like the manager girl who's right. kind of out of yeah. her league. And then there's the two nerds. And one's more right. the slobbish nerd. The other one's the more standard pocket protector model. Right, yeah. Um, she runs into an old friend of hers who is super successful mm-hmm. or at least sounds like it and they have a glass of wine and the other one's just going on about like oh my god I'm marrying this guy mm-hmm. and he's just calling me every minute to tell me how much he loves me and what am I wearing and right. and everyone basically she finds out everyone she went to school with is super successful 
and very soon it's going to get to her and she's at a dead-end yeah, job yeah. type thing. So she invents that she has a husband who's a physicist or a professor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all this culminates in like an evening where they get together. Right. And she bribes one of the two guys to come and be her husband. Okay, on that yeah, night. yeah. But he's woefully like socially unaware so he overdoes it he kills it like he comes in with the ascot and the pipe (laughs) and he like he like oversells it like oh remember when i when you invented this thing invented it just like tone it down just bring it down a notch (laughs) because this is a bit crazy and then the other guy shows up she had asked him earlier to play the husband but he wasn't available because he's trying to break up with some crazy chick now to get rid of her he's trying to say that he's in love with her the manager so he brings her to the party he's trying to get her to say that they're together Mm -hmm. but now all of a sudden they go into an improv thing where the other guy is pretending to be jealous right and they start doing the the romantic uh sorry the soap opera poses Mm -hmm. you know the over the shoulder yeah and then the back and the right to me it seemed like it was improv but maybe i don't know what i'm talking about could be is there a technique to it is like do you have to learn movements and De- well, there's definitely uh, different schools of thought as well on it, and everybody likes something different. Like stuff that I like is not necessarily going to match up with everybody. Um, What's your approach? I I'm really big on do the next thing, which is my understanding of a lot of theories that are taught at I/O is to do the next thing. So as opposed to sort of shoving a genre or a a scenario down everybody's throat, you start very simple. And so you might walk on stage and start from the way that you're, I don't know, you have your legs crossed a certain way right now. So I might go off of that and mirror you. And then you might take that I'm mirroring you as I'm copying you. And then we might decide that we have a sibling rivalry. And so it's very much just slowly building brick by brick by brick by brick. And a lot of really beautiful and, and funny stuff comes out of that as well because it's so honest um so that's what i like and then there are a lot of people who are very heavy on game of the scene which is kind of a patterning you say game of the scene yeah yeah it's a it's a a way of finding pattern within comedy like um a, a game within what you just said would be the soap opera poses back and forth between the two. If they keep on doing that and they find a pattern there, that'd be a game. And then right. they can come back to it later on and we're all like, aha, As we, a recall. we saw that. Before. Yeah, yeah. It's similar to comedy in that way, I guess. To like stand up and yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, you drop an idea and you revisit it later. Yeah, or? the callback thing is is big in <laughs> improv it's, it's for sure. It's yeah. <laughs> the other yeah. Uh, context I can think of. Uh, and this is very nerdy. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons. No, but a lot of the improvisers in town do. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, live role playing is relatively recent. Mm-hmm. It's only about maybe 20 years old. Okay. Um, which where I think it was, in fact, improv and theater people who took it to the next level okay. and said, hey, why don't we actually go out into the woods right. and play out these characters? We're kind of doing them anyway, sitting behind a table with our paper and pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can think of 15 years or 20 years almost of role playing with my very old friends. Right. And what keyed me in was when you said there were these magical moments that happen yeah. organically. I can think of like a dozen. Yeah. And there was that was easily the best of it. Mm-hmm. Not like oh we killed the dragon. Like that's cool. Yeah. But the great moments were synchronicity or we both understood something about that situation 
or the intrigue was really well constructed yeah. uh, or someone in the you you've played werewolf before right mm-hmm. yeah so someone you, you need to suss out who is the traitor oh right right that whole game yeah yeah and then uh you're trying to tell the other people that you're the traitor but they're not understanding what you're saying mm-hmm. you're like i'm not that guy and then the other guy goes no no but you have to have the courage to be yourself and like no but i'm not him then they're like no you are you just you're afraid <laughs> to be this guy. and you're like no you're not understanding me i'm yeah. not the person who i said i was so and that happened purely just by the interaction so right. it's i guess it's a very sort of live electric yeah dangerous kind of environment. oh yeah the is danger is definitely you always feel like you're sort of teetering on the edge of a building unless you're not playing hard mm. but if you're playing hard you feel like you're sort of walking it walking on the edge all the time it's okay fun. and you get better at it i guess yeah i mean one would hope yes definitely a lot of people do <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah definitely a lot of people but like do. how do you prepare for improv like how do you um, some people like to actually warm up for improv. I hate warm ups and everybody knows that. I'll do them if people want to. But people will like stand in a circle and warm up and play a game and stuff like that. I just kinda like to talk just like this with teammates because it kinda gets you all on the same level of energy. You guys were both like you're both very like s- smooth, calm guys, <laughs> and I'm a bit of like a, a bouncy, jittery person. So I'm sort of coming down a bit here, mm. and that that happens before an improv set as well. If you're with sort mm. of calm players, they'll sort of bring you down a notch, and you can all sort of match energies before you hop on okay. stage. And you're also getting some some information, right? Yeah. That yeah. you can sort of pull in, I guess, maybe later. In yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, that guy li- giggles a lot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll do this and the other thing. Is there a big draw? Like, do, do people are come out for improv? It seems like it's yeah, a pretty it's big been deal. good. Yeah, especially now, Montreal Improv is there are a lot of packed houses and a lot of shows are we're seeing a lot of faces at a lot of shows, which is really fun. Cool, because it would be nothing without them there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like <laughs> very different anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the the live unscripted environment is just becoming more and more mm-hmm. seductive at this point with everything being so you know prepared pre like pre-cooked pre-prepared you know Could social be. That's media a good point. yeah everything kind of being strategic yeah and people uh what, what did you call it richard like their their own hmm? they're like managing their own careers or something their own brand yeah, <laughs> yeah. even though they don't have a brand yeah they become brands like people turn themselves into brands on social right, media yeah. right For and sure. then before posting you'd be like oh amanda doesn't say this yeah Man- amanda doesn't yeah. do emojis mm-hmm Oh, Amanda usually posts a thoughtful quote whenever somebody is getting philosophical. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Amanda gets on this side. I'm sorry, I'm hijacking your name. You Amanda can, goes you over here <laughs> when <laughs> when people bring up Kanye. Amanda goes over here. Goes over here when people bring up Kanye. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, Jason definitely goes over here. I'm sorry. I, I, I had to, I manipulated the Kanye thing in because he's made another speech. <laughs> oh, has he really? Yes. Oh, and mm. it will live in the pantheon with the rest of the sp- Speaking of improv, mm-hmm. uh, I think he may be one of the greatest <laughs> improvisers <laughs> ever. It's, it's, a, it's just a joy. <laughs> it's an absolute joy to it listen. It is a joy. It's it's almost <laughs> like oh he's going somewhere no never mind. <laughs> Wait, we re- we read the transcript from like the Teen Choice Awards I think in the first episode like yeah. a year ago didn't we? Yeah, that that <laughs> event set off our first uh, podcast where I was like, 
God damn it! <laughs> what I was really furious about is how nonsensical it was and how everybody, I think they call it the confirmation bias. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, like they've done studies where they tell people ridiculous things, but yeah, yeah. they tell them everybody is agreed with this answer and they're like, uh, well, okay, I get two plus two, five. Okay, it's five. Right. Because of the social pressures, right? Yeah. So that's what it was like watching that speech. Yeah. It's him just like, nonsense, 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 nonsense. And everyone go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. nonsense. I know, we had a very heated argument about Kanye a couple episodes ago. Did really? We, we had a, yeah, we had a guest, uh, Neldi. What's up, Neldi? Oh, yeah. What's up, Neldi? And he uh, he came on and he, he was he was trying very hard to convince us that Kanye was he's still haunting me on social media I know I know he's just like I will I will I will turn you (laughs) he's just like ever since the podcast he's just been sending you links yeah like somehow (laughs) like somehow that's going to convince you sure because each one's more nonsensical than the last (laughs) but he just wants to like wear you down I guess I guess he believes Neldi believes that he is uh, somehow the Black Coalition, or he's the representative of the Black Coalition. Okay. And on behalf of the Black Coalition, he can he can sort of he it's his responsibility to educate me on certain things regarding okay. the culture. And uh, Kanye, I, apparently, I need to accept Kanye into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. Yes. But uh, maybe in the second half, uh, if I can dig up the part of that speech, uh, <laughs> I'll just you guys can just like soak it in. You'll mm. maybe enjoy it from an improv standpoint. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, he, w- I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great. He he would really As be good. Improv or on the podcast? Both. No, we'll, on the we'll podcast tra- we'll, we'll be, try to get him on. We wouldn't get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't get a word in. But uh, okay, so. Uh, but he does make an appearance on almost every one of the podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> we mention him and Trump usually at least once. Keep pushing that. Yeah. You'll get him eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. He'll be like, fine. Yeah, I'd love to have him on. <laughs> if you watch him in interviews, it, it's he's even better when you have him in like a radio uh, interview. Oh, thing. really? Oh, yeah. He feels more unbridled. He just has that int- that weird smile. And yeah. He, and, and it's you're just waiting for when the lid's going to come off. Yeah. It's like a little countdown. That's you know, cool. I game. love that. That's great. <laughs> and, then it's, and there he goes. Boom. <laughs> rah, 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 rah. Right? That's awesome. So, okay. So where does the transition from improv to comedy go? Where, um, where, did, where did that happen? Yeah. I kept doing uh, improv when I went back home to Toronto for a few years. And I did stuff with the Second City Training Center, and really? I also yeah, it's that's a, a big deal. It's well, the training center. I wasn't working for Second City. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's the that's kind of the pathway, right? To, to yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago, it, I think. It definitely, there yeah. There's one in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. The 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 one in Toronto is is great as well, um, and has a history of pretty cool people being yeah. around there. But so, so. Uh, but yeah, and then from that, I I was working with a sketch troupe, and we sort of um, disbanded. And I had all this writing I wanted to try out, so I went to an open mic, and I had a really fun time, and then it just sort of went from there. So you turned it into, like, a one-woman show, or...? Not really. I kind of took the the sketches that I had and then made them into stand-up jokes. I kind of just cut mm. them away until they were jokes or stories I could tell as, as straight-up stand-up. Okay. Do you, do you remember any of that material? Like, not that I'm asking you to do jokes, but I'm no, just I no, I can't do them now. But I, I in terms do of topics, remember like, there was like a story I told about leaving my apartment with it was so bad, leaving my apartment without my denim jacket on, and then talking to a girl wearing a denim jacket and complimenting it, and then realizing I wasn't wearing my jacket, but then becoming convinced somebody stole my jacket. 
Okay. Like it was like like stoner humor without calling it that. <laughs> so it was just this story of this completely sober person thinking that somebody stole something <laughs> off their body and it was something they didn't happen to put on. It's a story about vulnerability, right? And I guess, yeah. Little, the little me- craziness that we all experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, got to leave the house and got to have this with me. Yeah. Got to have this with me. Got to have this with me. Leave without it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me once, twice a week. Funky's the more wallet. I focus on what I have to bring with me, the more it's on the fucking mantle and I walk out with that. Really? It's the oddest thing. So yeah. you can like, sque- you can sort of squeeze things too tight with your memory and then they're gone. I think that that's what happens. I just mm-hmm. like, come on, this has to, and then, yeah. right? And I'll just walk straight out. And, and of course it won't occur to me until I'm that, that shitty distance away. Right, yeah, yeah. Right at that shitty distance is the soonest that it comes to, comes to mind, right? A couple of steps out the house, no way. No way. I'm like, la, 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 la. And then... Somebody yeah. had material. I don't remember what it's from, but it was super funny. And I'm going to butcher it. But like, it was about... Like, somebody had the same shirt, like the like their favorite shirt. And they see them out in public. And they're like, hey! And, like, looking at oh them and looking for their eye contact. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the person just looking at them, like, super weird. Like, hey, we're the same. And then look down... And he wasn't wearing the shirt. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Louis C.K. Was it? It's like, yeah, I think oh, okay, so. He has like a t-shirt and he sees this like younger kid too. Yeah, it's like a yeah. hipster. And they're like, ugh, creepy pervert <laughs> yeah. pointing at me. Comes yeah. off like a total psycho. That yeah, was a Louis yeah. C.K. joke. Yeah, I think, one. I don't know if this happened to every person, but there's also that classic like, Joe, Joe, hey, it's Joe over here. And turns around. And of course, it's not Joe. Yeah, it's a dog. <laughs> it's a dog. It's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> It's a piece of Ikea furniture someone's dragging <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the <laughs> somehow. But then what do you do? Do you pretend there's a, there's, do you pretend that like there's a fictional person beyond mm-hmm. them that you're waving to? Yeah. Do you like just fess up and like, ah, shit. Sorry, man. You look exactly <laughs> like my buddy. How is that possible that some people... Are you try to convince them their name is Joe? No. That, yeah. never, have you tried that? <laughs> just no. drill you it just go it. all the way I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> broke like... I'm pretty sure your name's Joe. I've been looking <laughs> for you. Listen, they've done things to your mind. <laughs> and I'm here to get you home. <laughs> it's like a born ultimatum yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. We have to go now. <laughs> I Step wonder- out of it, Joe. <laughs> I th- feel like if you did it enough times, fearlessly, someone would eventually be like, Let's do this. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Like maybe I am. Number 107 would be like that the person would be that bored. I'd yeah. just be like, "Really? All right. Yeah. I'm Joe. <laughs> Let's do this." I also I saw a guy roll by today in probably a Ferrari, something, one of those cars mm-hmm. that you immediately know is out of everyone's range, right? It makes a different noise. It's instantly recognizable yeah. as being a supercar. And the weirdest thought occurred to me, and I was like, if I had a car like that, or I, I was just driving a car like that, how many people could I just, strangers, just randomly get to get in with me? I'm not even talking about, like, necessarily picking up ladies or whatever. Right. Just be like, with this, like, supercar, yeah. with the, you know, with the Iron Man, like, lights in the back, and just be like, want to go for a ride? Just, I'm just, <laughs> I got this curious, like, how many people? I feel like All it's a them. lot. Yeah, most of them. Right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like in Montreal, a lot of people are well, you think open enough. Here that are they more would. trusting, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. People seem to be a little more open here with stuff like Maybe. that. Maybe. Maybe not. But I'm just thinking, I'm going to work. I got all this stuff to do. And somebody just goes, like, You want to get into this supercar? <laughs> I'd be like, 
fuck it. Okay. <laughs> you go. You go. I would totally yeah. get in. <laughs> Do you go? I think I might. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I wouldn't go <laughs> unless the person looked extremely sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like he might want to harvest my organs or something. Right. I'm right. not sure how you can tell that on the person's face, but I mean, if there was nobody else in the car, I would probably get in and yeah, take yeah. shotgun. Yeah. yeah because sure. I'm pretty confident that I could jump out of the car. Uh huh. And if, if that person is driving, they can't really do that much. Right. right? And True. if it's like a convertible, right. you can minimum like, hey. Yeah. 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 Convertible does help. But yeah, the third person or fourth person on the, yeah, on the back seat. If there's somebody in the back with like a no, suspicious no. like chloroform bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looks like no, he has both not. his uh, kidneys. <laughs> hey, buddy. <Exactly>. Hey. <laughs> okay. So you took the sleep. You said, all right, the troop falls apart. You convert the thing into a yeah. comedy thing? Yeah, yeah, just, just bits on. that I had left over that I kind of wanted to. I was curious to see how they would go, so I did them in front of that audience that was available. And it worked? Like, it did it pop? <laughs> no, I mean, they were, they were okay. They were pretty. There were a lot of stories like that one I <laughs> mentioned sure. with the jacket, just like silly stuff that might have made more sense as a sketch. Yeah. But, uh, but it was so much fun, and I really liked uh, being able to write some stuff right before, then hop on stage and try it out immediately. It was really addictive to me. Is that sort me. of your, your approach? It, kind of, it often is, yeah. I'll often write the day before or the day of. I don't sort of do it on the fly. I do write it out, but I really like trying new stuff and, and having brand. Hot. Yeah, it's really fun. What happens to it if it's a couple of days? Like, does it, are you start feeling ambivalent about the material? Or? No, no. I, if, if I haven't tried it, that's the most exciting thing. But stuff that works is, is fun because it works. So it makes people smile. Yeah, so I mean, nice. we've talked about <laughs> this in the past. Like, the comedians often talking to each other on podcasts and stuff about yeah. the, that, that pure magical moment when mm-hmm. you crush. Uh, or something really lands. Yeah. The, the room laugh. Yeah. Everybody's cracking up. They're dying, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Everyone's so happy. Yeah. And the language around it is so telling, like killing or dying on stage. It's I know. just so, <laughs> oh, it's aggressive. It's true. It never <laughs> is. Yeah. Super, super. Uh, well, because like, I guess it makes sense from if you consider that time honored sort of, uh, you know, the greatest fear everyone has of mm-hmm. speaking in front of people a group of people right which is like often cited before death <laughs> or yeah, illness yeah. type of thing um and we remember from school like when oral presentations mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. where there was maybe one two kids who were like hey everybody <laughs> and then everyone else just like uh that walk <laughs> yeah. to the yeah. front of the class was like a medieval sort of execution yeah at that age for sure too shuffles yeah. you know? i hate it i still hate you it you freaking hated it yeah. right? still hate i still hate it yeah public speaking how many can I, I can do it okay but i really don't like it right i don't enjoy it yeah that's too bad because it seems you're you're being consistently called upon to make like these yeah. earth-shattering presentations lately yeah, that's true i think uh i think uh there's a reluctant uh public speaker in you possibly and at some point mm. i will uh, I will, i'll talk you into doing some of these some I used to, like, going back to when we were working in call centers and stuff, I used to have to do a lot of then. Yeah. Not so much when we were working together, but at, like, like 8 a.m., like, pep talks. Pep talks. You know? Yeah. Letting people know what's up for the day and, like, trying to, like, get, hey, hey, hey. you know, be high energy <laughs> yeah. at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. when you. Of course you didn't have this chance when we were worked together. You, you couldn't get a word in if I was around. <laughs> I was motivation patrol, like, 90... I, that, that's why you brought me into that particular situation. Right, right, exactly. So... You did that show, and then you were like, mm-hmm. comedy, yay, or 
does some yeah. time go by or do you jump back into or you go full no steam? i was I, i mean i was this was like four months or five months before i moved back here so i i did stand up here and there and was still doing sketch and improv in toronto for those those last months and then when i moved here uh the community here is so awesome as you guys have noticed that yeah, i got like pulled it, further yeah. and further into it and started sort of clearing my schedule a bit and trying to do more and more of it but i still do all of the all three but stand-up really grabbed me because yeah i think there's two two things going on first of all i think there's seems to be just like a just a lucky sort of draw of nice people in mm -hmm. that scene yeah. yeah it's also a bit of an anglophone sanctuary artistically because right artistically I, most be, anglos yeah. um run into a little bit of a wall artistically right. i've definitely not i don't want to say suffered but uh, i speak french perfectly but yeah. I've chosen English as my language to work my art in, and it's definitely not as, you know, the doors don't open as much. Okay, yeah. And it's not because people are dicks. It's just like, you know, they're preoccupied with French culture, and right. it makes sense that that's kind of their focus. Uh, so generally we joke about this, how, like, if you run into an, a Montreal Anglo Anglophone, there's there's like a two degree, a three degree of separation for sure. Right. Once you okay. One degree. Yeah. One degree. The minute you click on Facebook, like you're like, oh, you know Jer, and you know Sophie, and you know yeah. little Bobo, and whatever. And, and it turns out your 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 mothers were next to each other in the delivery room. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you hung out in one of four cafes in Montreal yeah. growing up, or went to one of four schools. Yeah. Um, and such. So I think that also helps. Is like it's kind of this little pocket of right. <coughs> where even francophones show up and decide to try English comedy. Yeah, like that's Vince. really cool. Is that his name? Vince? Yeah, Vince. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was yeah. great. He was awesome. Also, I think I think Coco does mostly comedy in French. I forget okay. her last name. I just met her, but she does cool stuff in English as well. Uh, I can't think of any others right now, but yeah, it's cool that people sort of do both mm. sometimes. Yeah, and there's a yeah. huge market on the French side. Obviously, yeah, that's yeah. one of their biggest exports. Yeah, uh, to France and stuff. Um, Okay, so and it seems like you automatically get the buy-in from the audience a little bit when you're obviously struggling to find your words a little bit, but you're making the effort. Like people are just kind of like, oh, yeah, go, you right. Know. You know, that's I think a very human thing. Uh, ironically, and this I've sort of discovered from teaching is often people who are nervous about speaking a language they don't master mm -hmm. is the the fear of being ridiculed, yeah, or yeah. seeming like they are not intelligent or are not professional. When in fact, if you reverse the roles, that most people are very sympathetic towards yeah, someone who's sure. like trying to talk to them in their own language. It's like mm -hmm. very, it's kind of flattering a little right. bit, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, you can do it, buddy." Yeah. Right. So doing it on stage, I guess, yeah, sympathy. That's something. Yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. Work with. So, at this point, you decided to. Would you consider yourself to have gone into it professionally at this point, or pursued it professionally? Um, I mean, I. I'm pursuing it, but I'm only, like, that puts me not even a year and a half in. So I'm still, you know, finding my voice and all that, still working on it. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm doing it professionally at all. I've got to... Well, you're doing I've it. Gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we don't even need that word. Yeah, I guess with art, it's hard to yeah. sort of want that word even, because you might never mm. have it, I guess. Yeah. Up to yeah, your own standards. A, I've always fled the word artist, like, yeah. my whole life, because I just felt like it had to come with these, like... Uh, certain behaviors and certain like yes when i do my art right and, stuff. and i was just like i make 
art? I don't know if it's art. Yeah. I, I, it's like being an asshole. You don't get to decide <laughs> if you are one or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to other people <laughs> to make the right. call. Yeah. So if other people want to say, oh, Jason's an artist. Yeah, yeah he's an artist. I'll be like, all right, cool, cool. Right, but right. Uh, I don't come into a room going like, yes, Jason, artist. And like with the card. <laughs> right. Here's my card and my indoor scarf. <laughs> indoor <laughs> scarf. Proof. The proof <laughs> is in the pudding. <laughs> proof oh. is in the pudding. I love it. Do you see that as a compliment, though? Someone calls you an artist? Um, I it depends on the context. I guess. I guess. So, like, if someone says, "Oh, uh, Amanda, she is she's she's a comic. She's a, she's a great comedy uh, comedian, or she's a mm-hmm. um, she's an actress, or she's a theater this and that." And like, when you hear it from someone else, like they've acknowledged that you belong there. Like, if they yeah, didn't that's feel what it that is you, to me. you know, yeah, yeah, or being called an artist is a huge compliment to me as well. Is it? It's, yeah, it's like, oh, you're, you know. You're doing it, bud. Sure. You know. Especially if if it's in a positive light because our yeah. being an yeah. artist kind of sometimes is synonymous with good for nothing or, mm. you yeah. know. If it's, it context matters, I think, you know. It's mm. like, yeah. oh, don't mind Jason. He's an artist. That's right. <laughs> He's wacky. <laughs> that side. Right? Yeah. He's an author. <laughs> you know how they get. That's how they just for the indoor yeah. scarf. Is I don't know why I just yeah. turned into yeah. like an <laughs> old timey. Yeah. <laughs> Not a scene. Yeah. No, but um, there, there are definite like I'm becoming more and stronger and stronger believer mm-hmm. in this. Like there are titles and adjectives that other people confer should be conferring on you. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, mm-hmm. actually, I'm not. A, I'm not an asshole. I'm not an asshole. At all. You're like, eh. but if people say uh, you are, nah. can't can't decide that. <laughs> professional <Right>. asshole. <laughs> professional <laughs> asshole. <laughs> my LinkedIn yeah. profile. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, at this point, you started. I mean, it sounds like you're pretty self motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Did you yeah. have like heroes or people you were like, oh man, these are my yeah. sort of uh, role models? Yeah. And not just in comedy, but within the world of comedy. I mean, there's an improviser named Jet Eveleth who is now in LA doing stuff. She was on a, a Herald team called The Reckoning. Herald is just a format. Um, but she's an improviser. She did stand-up. She does impressions. Um, and she describes the work in a really interesting way. She, I've heard her call uh, improv chasing the surf. Which is such a cool... Yeah, so cool to me. Just, like, super rad. I've done a workshop with her that was super inspiring. And she's just very, very, very much given herself over to it, it seems. Which I think is so... That's something I aspire to. It's so admirable. Um, well, chasing the surf is kind of finding that the, the vibe. Like yeah, finding, the finding your that, that perfect groove. Which uh-huh. in improv is very... That translates very well into improv. And I think stand-up as well. Where you just... You have a night where you're like, Ah, that was it. Mm. You in know? anything, really. In anything, yeah. Cooking, anything, right. whatever. Something. Like, yeah, yeah. The right pair of shoes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's maybe a little bit pushing it. But it definitely in art, uh, I would say, yeah, yeah. Even the, it could the be... good r- hair day. Yeah. The good hair day. Yeah. Usually Same the day feeling. where you're yeah. scheduled to get it cut. That's usually the yeah, good, yeah, hair day. good hair day. <laughs> Fuck you, life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the zone. It's maybe some yeah, people yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. A, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Okay. Yeah. So she's a big. She was a big inspiration. Yeah, big hero. Um, also, anything Fred Armisen has touched has always inspired really? me a lot. Yeah, I really, really am a big fan. Um, even going back to some stand-up he used to do, and he used to have a show called Fred, which is sort of just 
it was kind of, I guess, similar to Tom Green's show. We know yeah. that a little better in Canada. Okay. A little, but it was uh, a, like uh, no speaky kind of Not in that way humor, as much, or? but more in the way that he was sort of pranking people. He'd okay. go and put himself in situations and film it. He went to a tap class and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, outside of comedy, I, I find Kimya Dawson really inspiring, which I guess is strange to translate her into comedy, but... I just find her ability to storytell and paint images really, really cool. And I don't know that artist. Uh, she's. Do you remember the the soundtrack to Juno? There's oh, a band wow. called the Moldy Peaches, and okay. she was one half of that. But she's done a lot of solo work. But so she's it's, a musician. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Very sort of uh, very childlike sound sometimes and stuff like that, which is really interesting to me because I'm very inspired by childhood too. Mm. So I love. I love. Uh, I love finding people outside of comedy as well that are inspirational. Keeps it fresh. Okay, so yeah. if if I asked you like, what is the most, uh, like you're like really like, what would be a source of inspiration that has like almost nothing to do with comedy but that feeds into that? Um, toys. Toys. Yeah. Like yeah. old toys, like yeah, old silly old toys, or horse. or like objects that have a certain nostalgia to them for me. Sometimes inspire me to write okay. um, pictures, pho- photography. Sometimes I'll see a cool photo and mm-hmm. it'll make me think of a joke or something. I, I, I like, like that. toys too. Uh, uh, creepy, yeah. creepy toys. Not not creepy, necessarily okay. like super creepy. Like yeah. like the not the porcelain dolls that blink. Like oh god. Not really into that. <laughs> yeah. They, did, they certainly have an effect, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm thinking more like um, things that were created in a really chipper, super positive time, <laughs> yeah. but now are kind of falling apart. Like that, I always oh, find that's, interesting. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, um, um, kind of like a, a little paper boy statuette, you know? With yeah. With his like, thumb up and his little bicycle. <laughs> yeah. And it's little chippy, the newspaper boy, but right. like half his face is eroded off. And right, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's not creepy. It's just you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I think they use a lot of that imagery actually in uh, the Fallout video games, the post-apocalyptic mm. games. Right. Okay. Where they do the whole themes are like 50s um, nuclear mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and there's this little character that's like, "Hey, I'm Nuke Boy." Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> make sure to get under the desk when that nuke hits, and drink your, you know, drink your inoculation juice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Get to the vault, <laughs> and there's the little like little uh, you know music playing in the background. Yeah, and of yeah. course it's terrifying because yeah. it's fucking <laughs> the end of the world. Yeah, abandoned abandoned fifties stuff is is interesting. I saw some yeah. like photography of like abandoned malls. Like okay. 50s malls that have wow. like untouched since like Pleasantville since type stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. And all this like state of disrepair and whatnot. Yeah, it's so wicked. Yeah, it's kind of frozen in time, but still sort of dingy. And but yeah. there was such an optimism to that age that it really was. Yeah, that is astonishing because this is a post-war, like they almost saw the world end era, right? Mm. And they right. barely made it through this. It could have been the end, right? It could have been the free for all, and then. And like the cars and the, f- the suburbs and the white picket fences and the, yeah. the big hair and hey honey I'm home and that all that stuff like it's yeah. it's like a weird theater it's almost like a simulation mm. it is yeah right? something that's amazing from that era is the food like the recipes are so much processed crap in them yeah. mm. and they all they're all <laughs> there's a certain 
ugliness to them too like you like see the meatloaf bo- with the peas yeah, yeah with like weird garnishes or like spam. filthy jello snacks yeah spam you would serve spam to your family like yeah. hey, hey everybody yeah it's yeah a, it's so convenient yeah, fun dish i think that's yeah. what it was three out of five doctors recommend yeah three out of five smoking <laughs> yeah, doctors always. yeah, yeah. Exactly. i always yeah that's it and um, that's like a mandatory side of cigarettes <laughs> yeah exactly you're Get part of a balanced breakfast <laughs> <laughs> with your whiskey i think it was part of the the euphoria the absolute jubilation of the idea of everybody having enough to eat mm-hmm. which we take for granted mm-hmm. but it's really a really a recent Mm-hmm. I at least north and it's not even a thing anywhere else mm-hmm. than in the yeah. first world. So this idea that everybody and could like throw away food, the mm-hmm. power of that right. to an animal, to a creature that's been on this earth for what sixty thousand years. I don't know how long we've been around, right. and it was a constant preoccupation. It shaped us. It got us out of the tree or the water or whatever, depending on the. And it was the invention of the suburb at the time. Right. You know, nobody was leaning on mailboxes before. Nobody. Yeah. Call back. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> That's the first one. We're going to get Kanye one later. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to let you finish, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> well, all of, all of these topics uh, that we've been jumping around to could randomly form into a Kanye song because that's about how much sense they make. <laughs> 50s, <laughs> nuclear, spam. Um, but yeah, I think in that contract of like abundance for yeah. all yeah. and technology can save us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we accepted all these horrific products and never asked like right what was in them. At least your worries. Think about it. Yeah. From scrounging to the fish head soup chaplain days mm-hmm. to like you buy these five items and you can feed a family mm-hmm. and you have this yeah. thing that pings and cooks it all to perfection yeah. while you're vacuuming. Like it must have been a complete mind job. Totally. Like I would have been on board in a second. Oh, yeah. Sure. With the good, t- what is it? Um, uh, Ron Howard, what was that show? Happy he was Days. Happy, Happy Days. days? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would have, I've been like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Give me my vacuum and uh, my, <laughs> what is it, bicycles? I guess everyone was on bicycles back then. <laughs> my vacuum and my bicycles. <laughs> you ever watch black and white movies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some. Like, um, um, was watching one of the greatest ones probably that I've ever watched, uh, the, 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 the Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay, I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, that was a good one. They yeah. made an awful remake of it uh, with, with Keanu Reeves. Keanu, yeah. That is just like, don't don't even. Like, don't. I have to if there's <laughs> Keanu. Like, watch it, but don't. <laughs> but don't. The original is a masterpiece. Okay. It's an absolute watch masterpiece. Watch the original first, and then you can watch the other one. Right. And, and critique it credibly. <laughs> you won't see any... Con- you won't see any correlation between the two movies. Right. The original is every piece of... You talked about cliches earlier, or we, we did. You or right. maybe I just did. Um, it's got all the cliches. Right. It's got the woo music, right? Yeah. It's got the the saucer landing. Okay, cool. Like, like they Edward came from above. Like, yeah, right, exactly. Okay, yeah. But it's not as hokey as a lot of those films. It actually still holds up. Okay. It totally holds up. But while you're sort of going, wow, this is such an innovative story about aliens and society and yeah. Cold War, blah, blah, blah. The thing that strikes you the most if you watch it like a few times yeah. is the the quiet moments where like they'll show how people kind of just interact, right? Like, you know, the scenes that are supposed to be kind of the boring scenes before the big pieces. So one of the characters lives in a rented room in his big house with three other people that are all strangers. One of them is a single mother. And one of the men in that's renting one of the rooms in the house is just like, 
hey, I was thinking I'd take, you know, Timmy to the baseball game. And she's like, oh, would that be okay? She asked him if he wouldn't be too much of an imposition. And, oh, can I, Mom? Can I? Oh, all right. And go go with this strange man. And basically this kid just leaves with this strange man for the whole day. <laughs> and there isn't a single, nobody even flinches. There's, I think right. there's even, like, uh, older people in the doorways like, oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> that little boy, oh, you know, he no. needs a father. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we'll, no. definitely, we'll definitely see them again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see them again. That wasn't even a question. And he takes him to the movies, <laughs> which is so innocent. But now is but now you're like, so terrified. This yeah, was yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Right? Would you like a hot dog this whole oh, bit? Man. And not just, you're not sure if we were dumb then or we're just so destroyed inside right. and yeah and vicious and paranoid now i can't tell i can't man tell. man the, the craziest thing i saw in an old movie was in, i think it's in some like it hot but i might be off i think mm-hmm. monroe is in it but a woman is freaking out and then she faints so a guy says get me a cup of coffee someone hands him a cup of coffee he pours it down her throat she's unconscious he pours it down her throat and then he slaps her <laughs> Oh yeah! It's amazing. You're like, what is happening? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 50s medicine. Yeah, it just <laughs> demonstrated <laughs> as what to do if a lady faints. Let's see a cigarette. I'll put them out on her arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What? Give me that hammer. <laughs> yeah. And all your butter or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like yeah. all the old timey movies, all the all the ancient movies. Every time the one of the the cliche of the character getting sick with the fever, mm-hmm. and are they going to make it through the night? And there's always that goddamn like bucket of water with the little yeah. little yeah, like rag, yeah. and they're dabbing the forehead. <laughs> and I'm I'm the kind of guy that sits there, and everyone's engrossed this morning. I'm like, the fuck is that rag do? That rag does nothing. <laughs> it does nothing. What is it with the twisty rag every time? <laughs> and I was like, shut up, Jason. We're trying to watch this movie. Oh, man. Just with the rag every time. <laughs> it's not doing anything. Yeah. So, uh, but that's great. The coffee. I think I have a rec vague recollection of that yeah does he pour the coffee then slap yeah then he sl- i think okay. i think i think he pours it into her th- mouth like who you're on i could be just remembering this as more horrible than it was but i'm pretty sure she's still unconscious when he pours the coffee into her mouth and i you're need, like, what? i need that to be the scene and i like i don't even want to check like I- <laughs> yeah, now i'm kind of not gonna check go and tell your master that we have been charged by god with a sacred quest if he will give us food and shelter for the night, he can join us in our quest for the Holy Grail. Well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'll be very keen. Uh, he's already got one, you see. What? He says they've already got one. Are you sure he's got one? Oh, yes, it's very nice. Uh... I told him we already got one. <laughs> it almost looks staged. That's amazing. It's so silly that yeah. it almost looks staged because you're like this can't be real yeah yeah you know and just classic stuff like driving his truck into the water yeah <laughs> uh like uh, the camera swivels and hits him in the face <laughs> i love camera bloopers are the best right there's a good one of a news team just getting pummeled by a camera that's on like i don't know you would know but they're on like an arm sort of and they move some sort of crane or yeah and it's just coming at them and it knocks over everyone on the team and then it knocks over their desk somehow it's just like it's great i love it it's amazing news fails are a thing (laughs) yeah 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 
Yeah, the it's the, that environment. I think is just very conducive to comedy because they're supposed yeah. to be so dead serious. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and it's like they'll go from horrible death thing to like, and the yeah. mayor has opened the new museum. Yeah, yeah, the whole like Simpsons switch thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mr. Johnson died today of a yeah. severe heart attack. He was seventy degrees. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Cut that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're live. Oh, we're, shit. Are we live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every fucking time. Jerry, we're live. Oh. And it's the weatherman. <laughs> right? There's something about when, like, situations where you know that you're not supposed to laugh. Absolutely. That, like, forces you to laugh. Like, yeah. you're in a library. I remember being in a library with, like, with a buddy, and we're just, like, giggling, giggling yeah. uncontrollably for no reason, <laughs> aside from the fact that you're not supposed to laugh in that yeah. situation. Yeah. That's a funeral kind of, of somebody you don't really know, or I don't know what other context. Funerals are a good example of, yeah. of just imposed seriousness. Yeah. On such, Unless you're with a cool bunch of people who are like, yeah, you know, Larry's dead, this fucking sucks. And remember that time where he, he farted and like, yeah, you laugh, right? Unless you're in one of those situations mm-hmm. where everyone's really, they brought the gear, everyone's got the poor shades on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's being super solemn. And then, uh, yeah, of course, that's an immediate invitation to like it's goof off. It's hilarious in a way, yeah. Hence, hence yeah. classrooms. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Open invitation, right? The yeah. opera, <laughs> whatever. The opera. Or <laughs> you're supposed to be like, yeah, <laughs> right. It's just like really be into it, but you're like, yeah. And somebody will just be like, no, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. The no, opera is a great example. I get that sometimes. That like, uh, I I love classic drama but sometimes that plays and stuff it just if someone's like really into what they're doing i can't help myself i start to laugh is it, it, I just, <laughs> there's something so funny it's it's joyful but also funny to me if someone's just so absorbed in what they're doing it just kills me sometimes yeah yeah i think this this is responsible for us loving to see people lose it to yeah, a certain degree, yeah, yeah. even though they may be going through some shit hmm. but a little part of you is like i'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch this for a while. Yeah, that child is being dragged by its by its ankle through the through the grocery store, but and I'm gonna stop it at some point. But <laughs> I'm just gonna hang back a little bit. I want to see where this is going. You know, I want to see where this is going. Uh, I like I love it like uh, with like sketch stuff like um, yeah. What is it like uh, Saturday Night Live? Mm-hmm. Like where the where the characters yep. actually break down and start laughing oh, yeah, because the other like the person they're playing off is just too fucking funny oh yeah that's like a huge part of that show or like jimmy <laughs> fallon's whole career is there's yeah, tons of that it's pretty part much of it. his brand yeah. yeah it's so i love it too it's just so there's so much joy there it's so funny uh, what's the name of the the, sh- the short blonde um saturday night live comedian she does like a an amazing justin bieber impression oh yeah, yeah. can again kate mckinnon kate mckinnon yes. yeah, yeah she's yeah. hilarious uh i feel like she i've seen a lot of bloopers where or or scenes where yeah. if she's on it like the others can't take it they're, yeah. they're dying because <laughs> right, right, right. she's so she just brings it at such a caliber that <laughs> yeah even if she doesn't say anything funny she'll just sit there and make a face and everyone else yeah. is just like i can't she's do this just sitting there eating like the the pasta out of the like, oh the her tupperware, tupperware lady yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's easily like one of the last truly funny people on that show because it think? hasn't been funny for a long time i'm I feel. a big fan then again i, I haven't watched in a while i haven't watched mm-hmm. in a while yeah so maybe yeah. i'm wrong maybe uh, there's been a new class that's come in and i mean i'm just a big fan but 
Yeah, well, even, I mean, they have ups and downs, and they'll, they'll certainly have episodes that just the entire thing bombs, because they did it this week, so. Right. But it's, there's sort of something to that for me, and I think uh, it's sort of a replacement for sports, because I'm not a big sports fan. But, like, I kind of liken it to that. If you love your team, you love your team. Okay. So I'll, I'll sure. watch SNL every week. And if it's not a good episode, I still enjoy watching what they came up with and what happened. It's but, really the uh, last of the It's the last of the sketch comedy, right? That, that format is not currently extremely popular. On that level, I guess, yeah. yeah it's a huge, huge, huge show. Because there, there used to be Matt TV. Shows. And there used mm-hmm. to be, I feel like there, there was, like, another one, too, where sketch comedy was, like, the big deal for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a couple shows right now. Oh right, man, okay. I'm forgetting the name of the new show on CBC, the new sketch show on CBC. So maybe 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 it's making a kind of a comeback. Well, I mean, yeah. certainly Air Force. Yeah, for years yeah, did yeah. It really yeah. great. A bunch of the uh, maritime guys seem to be really strong at that stuff. Like yeah. a lot of the sketch comedy that I've remember, like not just Kids in the Hall, but. Yeah. Um, there were some other groups there whose names I've forgotten. That I remember, like, late night, you had to stay up yeah. for those things to come on because mm. they were kind of edgy. Yeah, there were some old ones, too, that I liked. <clears throat> um, the Whitest Kids You Know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there was some good stuff. I don't remember. There. No? But it's great. Sex Robot. Sex Robot, is that where it came from? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sex yeah. Robot. That's a, that's a classic for me. Mm. Uh, in fact, that song comes out every once in a while. <laughs> Where did he come from? What does he want? What does he want? Sex robot. Sex, sex robot. robot. Yeah, no, uh, those are definitely moments. And certainly it's launched a lot of careers. Is that something yeah. you'd love to do? Like, would you like to be on SNL? SNL? I think everybody would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd love to write for that show or it's a grind. be involved. So you, yeah. you write as well? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Writing is, is probably the thing I like the most. I secretly don't love being on stage. Oh. I like the process of doing it on stage and seeing how the audience reacts, but I don't feel mm. much off of having a bunch of eyes looking at me. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like a necessary evil. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Because it's so much fun in so many ways. It's just the, the actual everybody in the room looking at the group of you on stage. Mm. It's not comfortable for me. Okay. But you certainly yeah. don't seem intimidated by it. No, I get the I get the impression that you you don't get too nervous about it. Like you may not like it, but you yeah, don't. I don't like it. I don't get nervous. Exactly. Yeah, I don't get stage fright or anything. I just am like, Mwah. I'd rather sort of like go in a hole and write it out and then just put it out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd almost like to have like a like a vessel. Yeah, just someone yeah, yeah, go yeah. out there and 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 then you could sit in the back and be like, yes. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just bump my fist behind a curtain. Like who is that? And then an that arm. person huge star and then like you get that like written by amanda right yeah but yeah i think snl is a is a big dream for most people in comedy i, I guess it it, yeah. it must be it, it certainly puts you on that international stage yeah yeah i'm not sure what the options are otherwise i mean mm-hmm. uh it is it does seem like the underground comedy is mm-hmm. is pretty strong right now mm-hmm. and a lot of little guys are coming up Really, like I think of uh, Hannibal Burris, for instance, mm-hmm. who's very much like, if we take it like a hip hop analogy, he's certainly not a Puff Daddy type. He's mm-hmm. more like a Common or a Talib Kweli kind of underground dude, but he's packing rooms. Yeah, he's doing the Scot- uh, Scot- Scottish Fringe. He's doing right international tours and stuff, and his his uh, star is like right, you know, rising. Yeah, 
and yet he hasn't adapted to that arena show with the with the suit on and the right, opening and the, DJ band. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Because you kind of had to do that once you made it. You yeah. had to graduate into that Eddie Murphy, uh, mm. Richard Pryor like like arena show, right? Although Hannibal did write for SNL, but I think not too long. Okay. But I remember him writing for them briefly. A lot of writers do. Inv- uh, go yeah, on they kind of drop in and out sometimes too. I think. Like Rogan, I think. Mm. Also wrote for a bunch of shows. Oh, did he? I don't know. And then I think he got his break on uh, uh, news. Uh, news radio. News radio. Yeah. Mm. With Phil Hartman. So there's the mm-hmm. SNL connection. There you go. There's always one. Maybe that's <laughs> like the Montreal thing you guys are talking about. There's like three degrees of separation between <laughs> everybody from Montreal. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm certainly a big believer in that. Uh, and, uh, another friend of mine made me realize that, you know, it's not an accident that the great minds, artists of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that periodically come along are kind of part of a class of people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're not like random geniuses that pop up all over the place. They tend to know each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They went to school. Yeah. They lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they just hung out in college and they connected. Shared some a dorm or something. Yeah, yeah, like Lucas and Spielberg type of thing, you know. Um, and you're like, oh, these two knew each other? Oh, that's amazing. How, How did they know possible? each other, like, way back? I didn't know that. Well, like, uh, yeah, no, they go back. They oh, go way okay, back. okay. Yeah, yeah. They go mm. way back. Um, uh, we were talking about this the other time, uh, the, the Hodorowski um, uh, documentary, the Hodorowski's Dune, uh, which right. I don't know if you've seen. But, uh, yeah, like, he sought out all these great artists, like H.R. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geiger, mm-hmm. uh, I forget, uh, Dan O'Bannon, stuff like that, and they already knew each other. I guess it's because it's such a focusing kind of thing, like comedy, right. word will get around. There's what's called the comedian's com- comedian, right? A comedian's comedian. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. Where that person may or may not kill... But everybody in the community loves them yeah. And, yeah, and likes their stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when they like want to laugh, they go see that person. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. feel like Dana Carvey, I think, and John Lovitz were guys like that. Okay, yeah. Like they were never top billing guys, right. but they comedians would do anything to ride with them on right. tours because they'd like, their stories of Dana Carvey like doing impressions in the car and John Lovitz like crashing the car because <laughs> they yeah. were laughing so hard because <laughs> he would just do these these ridiculous impressions of of old presidents okay like spot on or old timey black and white actors okay yeah and then just do this scenario where they're having sex <laughs> right like <laughs> Cary Grant and you know Jimmy Carter or whatever and, right. and they're like and he'd do the voices on for them it's just like they couldn't take it yeah you know? so that's cool so uh, are there some people in the scene right now that you're 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 tight with or is it here like in montreal yeah. well that's tricky because i'd have to say specific names you'd have to drop other some people names out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there are people though i i it's hard for me to pick but i but yeah there are people who i've been inspired by and it's a give and take for sure because you you do your set but then i i personally watch everybody else on every mic that do i you? do yeah okay yeah i don't really I'm not a smoker, so I don't pop outside or anything at all. I'm there the whole time. And I like to watch what everybody's doing. And the most interesting thing to me is when a lot of times some people in the scene will come off stage, and I'm so excited that they did a bit that I love. Like, I'll become a fan of a bit that they do. And then they'll say that they hate it. 
but they have to keep it because somebody keeps saying that they like it. <laughs> so it's an interesting thing too that we can sort of affect each other in that way that I can become obsessed with one joke that somebody does and I tell them all the time and then they're like, well, I can't, ah, I can't let go of this thing I <laughs> yeah. hate now and that maybe the audience doesn't seem to like very much but this one person is like, that, yeah. Gotta do it. Yeah, yeah, because it uh, made one person happy, I guess. Larry Sanders show? Yeah. Probably well, one of the greatest shows ever committed to film ever. Okay, I'm I, not. I, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, no, I. Okay, it's required watching, I believe. Yeah, and I think it pretty much gave birth to the HBO domination. Right, right, right like yeah. It was the f- one of the first. There was never any show like it before. Yeah. It was semi-documentary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A it lot of people that. didn't know who Gary Shandling was, so they mm-hmm. thought Larry Sanders might be a real talk show host. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Rick Torn and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the dude the dad from arrested development the, the the you know like everyone's dad the bald comedian oh shit yeah i don't remember he's freaking amazing only because you just put me on the spot yeah so larry sanders show um they have the the, the guy that wrote the song werewolves in london okay on and mm-hmm. they that's that's why it was such a, a, a um, mind-bending show because they have legit stars right. playing themselves. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. no one had ever done that before. And they have the werewolves in London guy on, and he's in the green room, and yeah. he's like, Larry, Jeffrey can I... Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor, that's yeah. it. And he's like, Larry, can I just talk to you for a second? Just one second. You know? He's like, all right, what is it? Listen, uh, I don't want to do werewolves in London anymore. I just can't do it. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill myself. Yeah. I've been doing it for 20 years. I just, I can't do it. He's like, okay, okay, listen, calm down. Like, it's just... Listen, this is my show. You don't have to do anything. You don't, and it cuts immediately to him like, <laughs> like yeah. banging it out <laughs> as the curtains open, right? Because at some point, I think what I'm trying to get to is in art, I think that happens. Is if yeah. you don't get to choose your family members, you don't get to choose the bits that people love. Mm. Yeah. And you may become a prisoner of material that you secretly like Secretly Radiohead don't refusing enjoy. to do Creep for 20 years. Perfect you know? example. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect they example. they finally caved. I think they did it. Like, yeah. Like this past year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was great. But it needed like 20 years. It aged well. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing. Like if you yeah. become successful, then don't dare deviate from that element that mm-hmm. people fell in love with you. you yeah. With. Yeah. And mm. that's your. Because they feel cheated. Yeah. Right? Uh, Iron Maiden did this a few years ago. They have a catalog that's never ending. And like 20, some like 10 hit albums. Mm-hmm. But they were like, no, we're really about this new album we wrote. And we're just going to do the entire album on this show, on this, on this tour. Okay. And I don't think the word got out. I don't think people caught on. So everyone's like, Maiden, Maiden. And they're just going through song one, two, three, four of this unknown, recently made album. Yeah. And they did like two hits on the callback. People right. were pissed. Like Iron Maiden ha- has never been criticized ever. Like the fans right. are just like they yeah. bow down to this, and it hit them so hard they literally went on like a nostalgia tour the next year. Oh man! And just played the hits, the hits. The, you didn't hear a single song past like <laughs> 2004. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's the a bit apology tragic. tour. The apology tour. <laughs> it was called Somewhere in Time. It was literally the apology <laughs> tour. And you see it happen to filmmakers yeah. in a kind of tragic way, like Scorsese's, uh, the, uh, 
Tarantino, mm. you end up kind of parodying yourself. Mm. Mm. So then I understand certain comedians or filmmakers who, if the the call comes, you know, like Chappelle, right? Yeah. When they were like, "Here's fifty million. Yeah. We need another season of mm-hmm. of the Chappelle show. Sure, sure. And he walked away from it. Yeah. Because I think he felt that like, oh no, I'm gonna be a dancing puppet. Of course, yeah. Um, but what do you do? Do you do the jokes anyway? You do them? Like if this happens for me? to you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often for me <laughs> that someone's like, I love that one joke. Um, not Here's to say that people aren't. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I won't uh, but people are supportive. Yeah. Well, if I, if I hop off stage and so I tell a lot of stories, I love storytelling. Mm-hmm. I like long form a lot. I don't do any one-liners. Is that hard to do? On for me, it's easier, and I like it better. Actually, I I would find it very hard to do even five minutes of one-liners. I would, okay. yeah, it would so be very. So, with a given five-minute set, you'll generally go with a one story that you're. Ah, uh, maybe three stories. Okay. And then a and then a, a long-form joke, maybe that isn't sort of like a a story format but sure. yeah without wanting to obviously get all the ingredients to the secret sauce like we want people to come out and see you <laughs> sauce yeah but, um, yeah <laughs> um you just should just sauce on people <laughs> yeah it's just it's like we don't want this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting it in yeah more sauce. More sauce. <laughs> yeah okay that I, yeah i really i like i like long form stories i like people like nick thune and uh ellen degeneres i kind of mm-hmm. i was handed her two specials when i was like 11 years old and i sort of very influenced by that. Tignataro takes her time as well. I like yeah. taking my time. But if I come off stage and a, a fellow comic says they liked a specific part of the story, I'll find it very hard to drop that part. Mm. Right. If they liked uh, whatever the name of the store or whatever it is that was in the story that, that they works. liked. Yeah, yeah. Then it's, I don't know why. But yeah. Because yeah. somebody, and, and it's not just that they're a comedian, but somebody liked it. So you're like, okay, right. there must be some sort of connection there. What do you yeah. think about these comedians now? There's like a trend of mm-hmm. trashing your material like uh, after right. a certain time, whereas the old school, mm-hmm. there's guys, girls right. still doing that same... Same five, same ten, ten same hour, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that's a different way of doing it, and I, I try to do that sometimes, do the same set maybe five times in a row because I think it's... It's good for your ear. Yeah, like massage it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like I said, I'm only I'm not even a year and a half in, so it's there's a lot of learning to do. But I love. I mean, some people who scrap. I guess Louis C.K. scraps material. Yeah, um, I think he one. Of, he's one of the guys leading the yeah. charge on that sort of approach. Yeah. Like once it's in a special, it's it's. Then it's then it's, it's dead. Done, yeah. I I like that as a fan. Yeah. So I, I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. Spe- with social media, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe one of the big reasons, too. Mm-hmm. Although Louis C.K. has said often that he kind of likes fucking himself over. Uh, like giving himself nowhere to jump off of and yeah, having to write a whole... Yeah, burning his yeah. best joke out of the gate. Mm, yeah. And then kind of having to figure out where to go from there. Right, yeah. Uh, but that's like sort of advanced stuff. Yeah, I yeah. I, f- I find also, like, I, I don't know, when you go to see people, sometimes you want them to do certain jokes, too. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, you want them to do that impression because yeah, it's so good. Yeah, there are certain jokes. And then some people sort of use it in their branding. Like, I know uh, Jackie Cation is someone I'm a fan of, and she has a uh, creepy reading ghost girl, and when I'm probably butchering the actual phrase, but... She has this joke about a creepy reading ghost girl that is her as a kid. And she has some stickers and stuff of that that are pretty cool. So, like, that's fun as a fan, too. Yeah. So I can see both sides of it. Yeah, the hits. hits. And you're like, oh, yeah, I love that. That's 
Yeah, I, I, was, I was listening to some rappers on the podcast, like OG yeah. old school rap guys, saying like, uh, you know, like if you if you had that hit, you know, then you got to do it when you yeah. when you do the show. If it's been twenty years, people are coming to your show. That hit, you got to do it. Yeah. Okay, you can give them some other stuff, but you got to give them that 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 track. You got to right. give them that sugar that they came for because, in a way, it's irresponsible not to. Yeah. You see, people keep saying how thankful they are to their fans and how I wouldn't be here without you and all that. Right. But then it's kind of selfish in a way. You don't, you know, they say it, it, it doesn't belong to you after a while, like your work. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's certainly incredibly uh, brave to trash, like. I think it's, it's cool, yeah. It's starting to sound like an artiste. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun to know that if you go see somebody, you haven't seen anything yet. That's mm. fun. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe as a newer newer artist, it's probably advantageous too because people will know that they can come see you again and it's not going to be the same whatever that they saw last time. Sure. So yeah. I guess newer people who are touring, it's kind of kind of a fun thing, a fun promise yeah, to make. Some, some freedom that comes along with that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. I think another thing that's happening that's kind of interesting with the new generation mm-hmm. um, is there's going to be meta uh, sort mm-hmm. of... So you'll a good example of this is like filmmaking. If you look go to go on like Vimeo or something, right. which is like the YouTube for douchebags. No. Uh for <laughs> for cinematography, for people who love beautiful shots. Yeah. Right? And what you'll see is a bazillion incredibly beautiful videos now set to incredibly cool music mm-hmm. featuring incredibly cool shots, incredibly cool everything. But as you're watching ton of tons of these videos, you're realizing that what's happened is the people have these young people have kind of figured out what the what the juicy power shots are yeah. from you know growing up on DVDs and films, right? Yeah, and now know how to command almost cut and paste those into like a sizzle reel of okay. those shots you will recognize. You yeah, know, the slow tracking shot of the of the of the grassy field yeah. with a little girl blowing into the like dandelion oh yeah you know yeah and then um you know somebody a horse really close up as the muscles flex yeah and you know that stuff yeah. and super high right it's beautiful but right. you get a sense of like this was not so much this is this is still kind of an aping mm-hmm. these are not this is not someone who sat there and go like it's just like we're, we're bombarded with so much material that in a way I'm, I'm really trying to bring this home. <laughs> when you see comedians sometimes, you get the... Thank you. <laughs> you get the impression that they're not so much doing comedy, but they're doing... Com- well, they're doing comedy, but they're, they're kind of doing it in an amalgam of other comedians. Hmm. Right? So the nerdy Jewish mm. kid goes up, and he's kind of doing the nerdy Jewish thing, which is a persona now in comedy. Or if you mm. do the chubby guy thing, you're going to do the my body weight stuff right mm. uh if you've got a wooden leg actually that's probably comedy gold you can do all kinds of things with that but it seems like either there's a i don't know if the originality is as there as much uh as before or if there mm. are more imposters in that field as there are like i'm kind of not trying to right. dog these people i'm just saying no, no. by virtue of just having been exposed to so much comedy yeah we look up to guys who didn't ha- had maybe a couple of records yeah yeah for sure and they listen to them over and over. Yeah. Now you can literally watch like 18 hours of YouTube 
Uh, yeah, you can like see so much. Comedy, 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 comedy. Yeah. But I think that that kind of gives a bit of freedom to, to alt comedians because you can maybe work a club and do alternative comedy and they're going to hate you because it's the type of club where they want to see more classic stand-up or something like okay. that. But then if you hop onto YouTube and you start something there, all these whatever teens or something are going to latch on to you from around the world. Like whatever your demographic is, mm-hmm. is going to be able to see you. So that kind of democratizes it in a way. Sure. Because you can sort of find your market. Do you find that anyone's tried to label you so far as far as like, oh, you're one of these types um, of comedians? or I've gotten alt comedian before. Um, and I've gotten feminist comedian before, feminist which, comedian. yeah, which I think is just, if you're a female comedian, sometimes you get that label, which I'm totally fine with. Most people I think would be fine with that, but, uh, Do you feel it coming at you as a, as an indictment or just like a, is it neutrally said to you? It's, yeah, it's very, it's very neutrally said, I think. In, I'm just trying in, to categorize you. Yeah, 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 or just... We love categorizing people, don't yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or trying to bond or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, those are the only two, I think, labels I've gotten, and okay. very casually, not, you know. But yeah, the feminist thing, I think, is, is just if you are a feminist, which is a lot of people, and if you're also a lady and you do comedy, then you might you might be a feminist comic, I guess. Right. And yeah. then if you do... Or if you're, if you like, we're talking with John about this. Yeah. We're like, one of the things we thought was really interesting is he did gay comedy but not overtly like he didn't okay. just jump fully in and ride that uh, sort of train right he touched on it but he was like that's not all I am I'm not just like milking this thing here. right I'm a comedian who happens to be gay yeah absolutely and I'll crack yeah. one here and there but I've got material right? yeah I'm not yeah, just yeah. gonna Play on the discomfort, whatever that's left, right. I guess, of, right. of that. So does that ever happen? Do you ever, people try to sort of like, oh, you're a gay comedian. A gay comedian. I, I have never gotten that, but I don't that's cool. ever really do material on that. I mean, I, I bring up girlfriends in stories if uh, my girlfriend is a part of the story. I have a, I've been with my partner for like five years. Right. So she's in some of my stories. Um, but you don't I, go like my girlfriend, and I'm like, right, yeah. Wait for everyone to go. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Which I do see. Yeah, there's a bit of that sometimes. Sort of uh, with some stand-ups, they do the the reaction thing for different things, not just for being gay. Um, yeah, which like is being funny. Black, it's being fine. Hispanic, being whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But other people, I think, just do that better than me, and I don't have any material on the mm-hmm. experience of being gay, really. Um, I just did uh, Martin Mulpaceris. I hope I'm saying his last name properly. I might have made up his last name. Um, But he runs a show, and he did a a Pride show recently. Um, And he had a bunch of sort of just queer comedians You're obviously going to have queer comedians on, yeah. Right, yeah, and he did his entire lineup. Um, And so for that show, I wrote some gay material on being gay. But that's the only time I've done that, and it doesn't... Yeah, other people do it better. I, I don't honestly resent... Uh, anyone doing that because mm-hmm. it's your life experience. Yeah, right? if you if you're good at it, that's if like that's John's thing, jokes are amazing. He John, has some yeah. very rich jokes about about the experiences that he's had. But I don't I don't have those I don't have those rich do jokes. It. You know, he also came up in a in a in another generation, right? Where yeah, like he didn't have it was not okay. Yeah, and that's that's time. a I mean those are he amazing kinda had, stories. He kind of had two coming coming out. Like he came out yeah. personally and then 
much later coming out on stage. Right. That's right. You know, and then kind of going back in because it got some bad reactions and coming out again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, that's a whole other experience. Uh, I remember having a <clears throat> art history teacher in uh, university who was like a seventy-year-old gay man, and mm. he was way over the top. And at first, I'm like, man, this is really obnoxious. Like, why does he every time? Like, he would he teach the the class in a in a theater room, like a movie theater room. And so there'd be pictures coming up during his, his lecture. Mm-hmm. And every time we'd, people would be filing in, he'd be playing some Im- like gay emblematic song, right? Uh, like Dancing Queen would be blaring over the mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And you raining know... Men. Sorry? It's Raining Man. It's Raining Man, whatever. And, in, and invariably at some point, he would surprise you with a 19th century photograph of like a bunch of guys with their dongs like out. And be like, he'd go like, woo! <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, Jesus, this guy's such a. That's amazing. What the? I'm hell? like, this guy's such a caricature. And then, but then as he started to break down his, he he came out in this very honest way and told us his life history. Right. And he's an American who grew up like we were talking about the Pleasantville stuff. Yeah, yeah. He showed us his family pictures, and he was that little boy in the little perfect sweater with the hair combed yeah. to the side, and his dad was a basketball all-american and he came from the super super all-american family so and he could not be gay for the longest time he literally was in the worst period where he could just not be himself so he came out in his like 60s right so he's sort of like i'm writing up for last time i am going (laughs) i'm going i'm doubling down because (laughs) you know great yeah and and suddenly i was like okay this is great Hmm. But in the same way that I feel that some comedians or some people uh, milk it a little too much and it becomes okay. at some point cheap. In the same way as if I see a black comedian now mm. and he's coming out of the gate with the like nigga this and nigga that and the cookout and all this ghetto stuff. You know, I'm like, OK, if that's your experience, I understand that. But like you need to kind of take it to the next level now because mm. there's like been that wave of guys and now if you're a black comedian you don't have to go there you can just do comedy you can just just, it's it's a form of laziness i i I feel sometimes if you rely too much on it in the same way as the overweight comedian as soon as the yeah i'm fat i'm fat i'm fat i'm fat i'm jewish i'm jewish Jewish. yeah i'm a girl so i have to do like i'm a crazy bitch routines right like and then you see like uh, uh ali wong baby cobra i don't know if you've seen that yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and i'm like and you're like you're finally seeing the uh, female comics like coming out of the mm. that fog of war and being able to just I got material and it doesn't have to be self-deprecating it doesn't have to be a stereotype mm. I can just talk as a person who happens to have her delivery these. was amazing too yeah like and she's pregnant and, and shit yeah. during the show I've yeah. never seen a pregnant woman do a stand-up <laughs> and it's fucking brilliant um, that's a niche right there that hasn't been <laughs> yeah. exploited do you guys remember when Maya Rudolph was doing like uh, hosting spots on SNL when she was pregnant. No, I she this amazing like dance she was doing like with her belly. I was just like same same reaction for me though. I was like that's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. It's just such a cool representation of and it's real. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the guys from uh, uh, was it the Wu Tang Clan, the Red Man, who was like a he was one of the first rappers to mm-hmm. bring weed smoking into the mainstream mm. until then it was the property of like stoner dudes with vans with like was there, yeah. armored bears painted on the side you know like the metal <laughs> dudes yeah the stoner dudes and he was one of the first rappers to like with cypress hill to kind of make it cool 
And when he finally got on the cover of Source magazine, he had tissues jammed up his nose. And no one for years, for like 15, 20 years, nobody understood why. And they thought it was just like he's Red Man. He's kind of crazy. And he puts tissues up his nose. And then he just recently was like, oh, well, I did that because I've had sinus problems my whole life. And (laughs) I occasionally need to like he's like now I take pills that take care of that. Yeah. But I didn't have that back then. So occasionally one of my nostrils would start running and I couldn't do anything about it. Right. And but he jammed and he posed he got a cover of Source magazine and they were like the tissue. He's like, No, no, I need this and he just left it on. <laughs> <laughs> he could have acted so all cool. like I'm yeah. a badass rapper and I'm a tough guy. He's like, No, this is me. Yeah, I yeah. I need a tissue jamming my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and my of nose. course kids started jamming oh the god because so they thought cool. it was a thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> right but to him it was a big joke so yeah anything real i think now more than ever is super precious yeah for sure because of how um pre-cooked everything seems to yeah. be people are even even making fake real you know yeah. like fake accidents like uh, pretty much all reality shows essentially right yeah, yeah. would you do a reality show would you do one? I wouldn't do one, but I do I do watch a franchise. Do you? Yeah. My girlfriend's a big Bachelor Nation fan. Oh, boy. So, like, Bachelor, Bachelorette, and then there's one where they put them all on an island also. And mm. the sum- in the off season, they put a bunch on an island. <laughs> but that show, I have to say, is edited really well because it's for the fans, but it's also edited in a way that you can enjoy it if you're not a fan mm. because it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty yeah, it's, good. It's brilliantly edited. Like they immediately yeah. bring you up to speed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a lot of a lot of jokes and a lot of of clever editing. I think it's entertaining, even if you don't really know anybody's name. <laughs> well, I feel like it's a comedy mine uh, gold yeah. mine. Oh in, yeah, in yeah. inadvertently reality shows, just the type of people that they find. Yeah. You just these have to be just complete attention whores. Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. People just will do anything. Yeah. Will hang around a weatherman, you know, with a like a sign you know yeah. you've seen like the morning shows Canada AM yeah yeah who are those people right yeah <laughs> like hey dad or whatever yeah uh, on a work week day so yeah and they have <laughs> the most bizarre people on these reality shows yeah who are just willing to show you this horribly embarrassing part of their life or make out and slap each other <laughs> make out and slap each other <laughs> what's yeah. that show uh, Cheaters There's a, did you hear it I remember oh, Cheaters yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's terrible it was it was very depressing. I used to stay up late and watch it when I was like in high school. Uh, yeah. Like this is making me sad, but I like it for some reason. Did you send that to me? Cheaters? No, it was there was a Bill Burr thing talking about the the Cheaters episode where the guy like leading on, like just they, the they hockey stick the ho- yeah, 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 they yeah. cut him like just coming off of the period in hockey. Yes. And like they confront him and he's like, "Yeah, it's over." Yeah. And then like the two girls girlfriends get into it they're trying to punch each other meanwhile like bill burr is just like talking (laughs) over it it's amazing yeah because he's praising the guy the whole time because the whole camera crew was there to burn this guy yeah but he just brushed off the whole situation he doesn't care yeah he's like listen i'm sorry rebecca uh she, he says something weird like she just does it better <laughs> he's like no warning there's gonna be a camera crew in yeah. front of you <laughs> there's 12 people but he's not sweating it at all yeah he's just leaning on a stick and just being like yeah. and he you know like he's Bill holding to a stick <laughs> yeah he's just he's like, like in his full like hockey gear and he's just like <laughs> leaning on the on the stick like Meh. 
I'm it's, not into this anymore. I, I'm cool with it. She's all ready for drama. And he's just like, yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's not happening. <laughs> and uh, Burr will always say things like, you know, like was he? He said something about Ebola. They're like, mm-hmm. why are these people just going in the forest, bleed out like gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> go to forest and bleed out like a gentleman and i'm just like bleed out like a gentleman that's the that's the beauty of comedy mm-hmm. is some people know how to construct it right but we still don't know why something is funny yeah it's the magic trick thing yeah it's a seinfeld magic tr- i think it's seinfeld that said that that it's a magic trick. it is mm. but yeah I, I think sometimes right. you don't know why because the same laughing. line coming out of another person yeah will kill you and you're like that is and then you tell it to your friends at the party and then he says yeah they're like, like a gentleman and they're like oh i guess, I guess you had to be there yeah i guess you had to be there yeah <laughs> that's the that's the cover-up yeah. for a shit joke yeah <laughs> you had to be there but even uh, just laughter in general it's just if you think about it try to think about it objectively it's such an odd phenomenon yeah you know if you were to try to explain that to an alien yeah. How would you like? What is what a strange thing that like only we do. Yeah, it's and that some scene. higher primates. It's that scene from Terminator Two. Why do you cry? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, Bill, because sometimes it's hard. Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to, because that. Why? <laughs> some point I'm not gonna know. Yeah. It's yeah. a unique thing. It's like mm-hmm. one of the mysteries of life. And like, why is it healthy? It's why is it yeah. good for us? Right. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, they've done studies, right? Like yeah. A, a, a endorphins or serotonin, yeah. or whatever. It took, um, taps. It has healing properties. Yeah. And like, you know, we've seen these people who get operations, and there's like a quartet in the operating room, like playing. <laughs> while this is a thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, music therapy. Okay. And it's really, it's a really weird scene, right? Because yeah, the yeah. person's like wide open, the doctors are doing the thing. And there's a live quartet. And there's like a quartet, but they are wearing <laughs> hospital gowns with masks. And they're just like, they're playing this peaceful yeah. kind of piece. Huh. I, and now I'm thinking, how great would it be to have like a stand-up comedian yeah. <laughs> in an operating room <laughs> yeah. with, the, with, the, with the whole gear uh. on? But like, oh, speaking of my wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the person like, with the with the two yeah, <laughs> intubated, yeah, yeah. you know, and somehow this ups the the survival rate <laughs> <laughs> of of commu- of of the patient. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. I feel like this could should be attempted at least once. I think there's like there's like a famous like I don't know it's like a Zen proverb or one of these like uh, supposed to be profound kind of thing uh, statement on like meditation like like. One minute of laughter is equal to like ten hours of meditation or something like that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, mm. yeah. And when you make someone else laugh, it, they, there's a weird uh, sentiment like debt, right, towards them, right. I feel like that's what why a lot of people who don't really know how to maybe are not as aware or process things do come up to comedians and entertainers and say weird shit to them. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, call them by their character name on a comedy mm-hmm. show mm. is because there's this weird thing like he or she made you laugh and now you feel like you owe him love in right. return yeah or that there's some kind of connection there. yeah 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 you like you bonded somehow even though he was yelling at you and 200 <laughs> or two six thousand other people in the arena you're like oh Bill <laughs> Amanda, you always know it's Bill Burr. You, yeah. Amanda, you. You always yeah. know how to get you me. Get, you know me. You get me, Amanda. Yeah. You know, like that time. 
Remember yeah. when you said that thing? Yeah. I, I know it's really like <laughs> that was a bit, but yeah, sure, sure. And I, I guess you get to just sort of nod and be like, "Have you had?" Okay, yeah. so it's a strangely intimate thing. We've done this to right, comedians. Right, because they saw you and you didn't see them. Yeah. I'm sorry. When when they saw you and you didn't, you didn't see, see them, them, it's like, right. oh shit! You have no idea. Yeah, this you feel like you should know their name, but you don't. You right. Never saw. You them. feel a bit bad, right? Because they're coming mm-hmm. in with this love face and the, right. they want to touch you, and you're like, you they want to touch? Yeah, they don't. They want to kind of touch you. If it's a dude, he'll kind of want to rub your neck. Be like, yeah, man, that was fucking great. That was great. So proud of you. And, okay, so we we've asked previous comedians this question okay. i'm going to formalize it here okay yeah. so <clears throat> do you have a fan story or a come up to you after the show story and a heckler story in um, whichever order you prefer boop, 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 boop. i don't get heckled too often people are really really nice to me but an amazing thing happened um last weekend at the comedy works i was one of the openers for mike dambra and in one of my on one in one of the shows there was an older gentleman in like the front row with during my whole set just with his head hung low just rubbing his eyes like just shaking his head he was just like he couldn't deal so that i'm gonna replace the heckler story with that man because it was amazing also and i was trying so hard not to laugh and like look at him and laugh from laughter or no he was, he was like he's like oh my god like this physical bitch. pain yeah <laughs> yeah he was like this is terrible <laughs> it was but agony it was, yeah it was amazing though i was just like you're amazing like he was so expressive about it too um but i'll replace the heckler thing because people don't really get aggressive with me for some reason or another they don't feel they need to attack me i guess i think probably people who look more intimidating get heckled more because they figure they can take it but I I'm guess. like, I it's got unclear. my button-up shirt today, so I'm there. <laughs> um, a fan story. I don't know. It's any of those times that, like, there's one girl just, like, losing it during your mature. That's when I feel the most victorious. I'm like, really? for some reason, you get me, and this is great. Yeah. So you're, like, doing in, like, someone in, in the crowd. like Yeah, this. one person is laughing. Because I've had that experience, too. I'm at a, a mic or whatever just watching, and one person, for some reason, just it really tickles me, everything. Hmm. And I feel very understood by them. And then the reverse happens sometimes when you're, you're up on stage, and you're like, that one lady thought that all was funny, so she totally gets me, you know? And win. It's a win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's a good feeling. I mean, I guess... I guess, yeah. No, I see what you mean. Yeah. And with, as far as heckling, I mean, I think probably this town we're probably a little bit less rude about it. Yeah. There's maybe a little bit more of a politically, not maybe PC, but just like a, a politeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Canadian mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Like right. it, it's, <laughs> I feel, I feel like maybe. a little more polite. I, I don't think there's any heckling in uh, in French comedy. I've, I like okay. I've, I've never seen heckling in a French show. It's they have a more of a, I think like a pageantry to it. Like the man on the okay. stage is doing the show, or the woman on right. the stage is doing the show, and you clap, right? And you laugh, and then it's over, and you leave. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. it's maybe a very American thing to be like, "Yeah, mother." You, like, you yeah, like yeah. a Philly, Boston, you know, it's Apollo. Conversations sort of thing. We're part. We're all part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Plus yeah. The, uh, the the addition of alcohol always rolls the dice. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Because there's yeah. it's like a it's like a um, dual, it's a two sided coin, mm-hmm. as opposed to a one sided coin. Yeah. Um, you want the alcohol as a kind of a lubricant. Mm-hmm. Gross. Uh, but you also. <laughs> 
Yeah. It could. Ugh. <laughs> that wouldn't work. It just would. Uh, on the other side, you there's those people that can't handle their their liquor. Right. And uh, do you do you talk you talk to other comedians? Do you talk to yeah. like uh, new people that just went up and? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's very uh, everybody mingles here. It's cool. There's no weirdness. Do you guys go out afterwards, or what's the what's the usually the? Sometimes, sometimes. Um, I am not a big partier, so I often will hang out at the show and a little bit after the show, and then head home. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a big. You know, people have little parties and stuff, and invite all the comics and stuff like that. So That's gonna very, be interesting. Yeah, it's very very inclusive too. It's nice. It's yeah, nice, cool. especially when I was new to the city. I was like, oh shit, you know. It was your way in. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just, you know, wants to be friends. It's nice. So you feel like a bit of like the the like the boys club thing because we were we talking to uh, John and right. he, he was mentioning that it was it was tough for for lady comics. Up for there. ladies, do you, do you feel that? I don't get as much as it as much of it personally, but I do I, because I am a lady. I hear from other ladies oh, more yeah? than I think guys necessarily do. Because what are they saying? Um. Just in different cities too, not not necessarily focused on Montreal, but there's definitely, I think just because historically, um, there's a lot of weird history there with women doing stand up. There's a lot of like separate rooms and a lot of um, like literally so- segregation. Yeah, yeah. In LA, there were women's rooms, um, and like Whoopi played women's rooms. Really? She went, yeah. Oh, they'd wow. go to a club and there'd be a, a, a room for the guys and then a room for female comics. And that show would be free and the guys' show would cost money and the women's show would be just ladies doing material yeah. for each other, just working on stuff. But yeah. So there's a long history of it being predominantly male. So I think there can be a lot of uh, tension there. Some resistance maybe? Yeah, yeah. But but for me personally, I think I am exempt from a lot of stuff just because I think I kind of float around in terms of gender a little bit. So I don't experience much of it. Um, the only thing I've noticed in, uh, no, actually not even in this city, but in, in other shows in other cities, my girlfriend is someone who likes to come out and support, but there were certain rooms in other cities that she felt kind of almost scared in really yeah because there can be very aggressive people booked on shows and those aren't often ladies um and so i I think i think it's more of a thing of women wanting to come out to shows rather than uh anything else for me i kind of want more to see more ladies when i look out i want to see you know a bunch of ladies looking up at me when i'm on the stage and not just that like butch football mom Yeah, that's had too much. You know those the the one that always gets kicked out of the show. That sounds good to me. I don't know where she is. Yeah, Yeah. that that sounds good. She's the she's the one that she's one of the boys. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, She could probably punch out one of them. Yeah. And she's the one that eventually gets ejected from the the show. (laughs) But actually, see like every day, every walks of life, gay, straight, whatever, women Mm -hmm. just come and having not just as dates. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. just come and see a show. Just come and see a show. Yeah. See a show. yeah, yeah. A bunch of girls come out and see a show, or a bunch of older folk come out and see a show, or whatever. Yeah. So you don't see that as, as often, just like a bunch of girls going and going I, to a comedy I don't. show. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing I notice more or, than anything. Yeah. yeah, they're usually a girlfriend, or they know one of us. But right. I, I see groups of guys going out to comedy, like bachelor parties and stuff like yeah. that. Like, oh, let's go see a comedy show. Uh-huh. So I, I just kind of sometimes wonder what we could do to make 
them feel more comfortable. These are cultural, I think, and their their genetic and their their mm-hmm. gender politics and all that other stuff. Because mm-hmm. y- there's all of these weird reversals between men and yeah. women, right? Like there's the ladies' night thing, mm-hmm. where uh, women can kind of come and go as they please in bar in certain types of bar situations, whereas men kind of always have to pay, 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 pay. Right. Yeah. Cover yeah. charge, co charge, whatever charge. Um, and then here in comedy, the guys are more valued, the women are mm-hmm. less valued. Uh, strip clubs, the mm. the men are more passive. In, okay. In the stri- like heterosexual men going to strip clubs tend to be a lot more respectful and passive uh, in that environment. And then you go to like a male strip club uh, and the, the women, like every 10 seconds, a woman's being pulled off the stage because they fucking lose it. Oh. And it's not just young girls. It'll be like your mom, like like your <laughs> your aunt, your aunt Rebecca. Like I'd be so proud. Like clawing <laughs> at the eyes of three security guards because yeah. she wants to grab that guy's like fucking junk. And, <laughs> and we we have a friend who's worked security in a in a, a male strip club. And so like it's so interesting to see that it's it, there's these weird reversals, certain things. Yeah, yeah. But I would I were definitely huge, I think proponents of like opening that up the comedy thing like opening yeah. that up just yeah. like cinema huge i'm hugely yeah. uh pro female cinema but not female cinema just mm. film directors like i want to see more women make films and it's not about women's issues or male issues right. they're just yeah. making movies i want to see black uh directors not necessarily making street story movies i want to mm. see other immigrants not having to do immigrant stories hmm. right that's the only road to equality as far as i can right. see yeah for sure right where you don't even know what the person you can't imagine what the person that made the movie or the 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 show is like because they're talking to everyone you know and there's a value in your personal experience right you don't ignore that you come from this and that background or that you may right. have this hmm. this experience but like if we stay too long in that niche, I feel like we're contributing to the segregation. I don't know. That sounded preachy. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. It happens from time to time. <laughs> but it's interesting. And one day, <laughs> we will be one people everywhere. Sorry. When all are one. When all are one. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, phenomenon. I hadn't really thought about it, that the, you don't see that many women kind of proactively going to these shows which is odd yeah. because a lot of women are fans of, or yeah, yeah. Well, I mean I don't know if they're hardcore fans of like comedians in general but like they mm. enjoy laughing oh for sure everyone yeah everybody likes Number, going out to comedy right I think, I think so yeah or yeah. even like when they're looking for uh, you know significant others usually sense yeah. of humor is pretty high up there right yeah. like presumably they enjoy laughing so it's, yeah. it's a it's a strange thing yeah. and because like you're 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 a spectator oh that doesn't make sense either yeah. because people wouldn't girls wouldn't be going to movies uh, i think i think also just within comedy maybe one thing happened one time to an audience member and that's gonna for me it would to affect their choices in the future in terms of what they want to mm. do on a friday night right if you get you know, heckled by someone who's behaving a certain way because historically it's been okay to behave that way within that medium, hmm. then you might not want to go out with your girlfriends to a show. I don't know. You're just afraid you'll get heckled. You're afraid you'll see something that makes you feel uncomfortable or you're afraid they'll point at you and say something. I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. the red parties. I think sometimes they go, go out to like 
big comedy shows, but not necessarily yeah, like, like open big, mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sort of like polished environments, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. We all feel a bit safer. Well, I maybe. mean, again, if we, we talked about Burr, there's that f- infamous, was it New Jersey? I think he was in New Jersey. Like the heckler or the ones that are like, where he tore the entire. <laughs> no, it's when he tore the entire fucking place down for something like 30 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. So I think the scenario was all the previous comedians to him that went on, mm-hmm. the crowd was just brutal. They were just right, like right. shredding them apart and just being total dicks mm-hmm. to. And he took it personally. And so he devoted his entire set to skewering, like, he took on something like 2,000 people. Wow. And just skewer them, and it's, he's just lacing them. And every once in a while, he's going, 14 minutes left. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, 12 That's minutes. The worst thing about this city. Yeah. <laughs> he just wiped his ass with the city. Right. But what was really interesting about that is he talks about it on this podcast, and uh, it had the adverse effect of what he thought it would have. He forgot that in Philly, they they thrive on 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 hostility there's yeah. a thing about hostility <laughs> like, yeah. he's like after stick, that yeah. he walked away and he's like i'll probably never be able to set foot in philly again right and something a few months later they were offering him like a platinum contract they're like everybody worships you in this town now yeah <laughs> you you like there were everybody philly is your like come and live with us type of thing right because he gave them exact but so it's sort of weird because it subverted what he was trying to do he's yeah, trying to stand yeah, yeah. up for his fellow comedians right well anyways so amanda where can we see your stuff currently do you have any stuff yeah. up online yeah well actually speak uh, were you saying online online or anywhere else yeah i mean online i have i have stuff on uh on the on the grill right now the grill i'm working on a web series with another comic in town kirsten finch um called delivery Delivery? so that'll be coming out in a couple months um it's gonna be a web series it's gonna be a web series yeah it's sort of a a buddy comedy um where a, a an entrepreneur works nights and she gets her food delivered by the same person every night. So that's where it starts. I'm super excited to see what? this. What's happening? When is it yeah. coming out? Uh, it'll be around the end of November, beginning of December okay. that it actually comes Oh, Christmas comes time. Out. Yeah, it'll be a Christmas present. Yeah, and Kirsten's hilarious as well if you haven't seen her yet. Um, and coming up, when this comes out, I guess it'll be the following week, but September 12th to 18th is Lady Fest in Montreal. Lady Fest. You got to yeah. check that out. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a festival of uh, not all, but it, but mostly female comics. And there's stand-up, sketch, improv. I'll be Monday night at Blue Dog. I'll be doing stand-up. This coming Monday? Uh, Monday the 12th. The so, 12th, so, so the week, week from Monday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, at Blue Dog, which is going to be a great show. Um, Jess Solomon and uh, Amon are coming into town for that. And then Thursday night, I'm doing sketch with my duo, Dominant Wolf, at TSC. There's Joketown as part of the festival. Joketown? Yeah, the Sunday night, the last night, there's an improv show that a bunch of us are in. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff at that festival. It'll be fun. I'm so yeah. excited about this web series. And, uh, Richard, I think we have to put our money where our mouths are about this supporting uh, lady like female comedy mm-hmm. we, we we need to minimum see Amanda do her thing yeah, but we need out. to go out there and represent absolutely I'm there so we're putting down a, a fire in a hole represent Great. guarantee awesome we're coming support at minimum one of these dates cool um, okay are you uh, at all active on social media do you do you, uh, yeah do you yeah my twitter's Amanda McHugs 
And Amanda McHugs? Amanda McHugs. Okay. Like and a McChicken, but... Like Mc, a McChicken, but, but just hugs. hugs. Just okay. love. Which is healthier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Healthier. Uh, and my Instagram is, hey, that's my dog's name. God, these are dumb to say. Hey, that, hey that's my... Yeah, you never <laughs> yeah. want to do that. Yeah. I, I said that to somebody at a comedy festival in Chicago recently, and she was like, see, you have a dog. And I was like, I've, n- I've never had a dog. And she was like, see, someone else's dog. Like, she was just trying to get to the bottom <laughs> of that. Yeah name it's this is nothing. our generation incidentally old email addresses yeah that you forget about yeah yeah you're like you're like the german machine what the fuck <laughs> what, was that what was that, what? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> on that specific day what that is I was the like, german machine that makes no <laughs> yeah. sense yeah i, I anyway. think you could be proud as long as you had no email addresses with 69s or X's <laughs> that's it right i yeah. think that's like a mark of pride for anyone from our yeah our, i think i'm okay yeah yeah Oh. Sure. Well, you look like maybe you did have <laughs> I had to one. think about it for a okay, second, yeah. but no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, or Dark good. Angel or something like that. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Angel <laughs> 700. 69 at Hotmail. <laughs> or 316, some some wrestling-related. <laughs> at GeoCities. Yeah, at GeoCities. Angel Fire. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, it has been absolutely lovely. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We Pleasure. have enjoyed every second of delight. this. Yeah. And you're a lovely person. and. We've never met, so this is so cool. Because like yeah, this is I us, know that we should just every time you meet someone that's sort of interesting, be like, just I let's not talk right now. <laughs> just jump <laughs> I in. I need you to come by at this time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do this properly on the show. We'll meet on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, we wish you nothing but success. Thank you. Um, we can't wait to see you do your thing. Thank you. And uh, we wish you best of luck with all of this material. Thank You're you. You're gonna so have much. to come back. Oh, that'd be great, yeah. And this we promise to be a little bit less. So why do you style your hair that way? <laughs> like, we're going to just, you can just come and hang out. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll and talk about Kanye. We'll do rants. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we'll talk about Kanye and do rants. We didn't get to Kanye. I'm very upset. It's okay. There might be two speeches by the time we do another show. That's right. Tune in next week for, for all Kanye all day. But Amanda, this has been really great. Thank you so I hope much you had a good time. Me. I did. Yeah. Fire in a hole. Fire in a hole. <laughs> Fire in a hole. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>